0: What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach Dr. Sunil invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind and spirit, which will ultimately have us Dancing with Wisdom.
1: Hello and welcome to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast with me, Sonora Hager and Elliot Frisby. Great to be back. It is great to be back, isn't it, Elliot? I mean, time is rushing by. It's been what i don't know it's been several months since we launched the book dancing with wisdom and been getting into our conversations in um, series 2 about all the different facets of wisdom and you know elliot i'm really amazed by just what a rich and deep concept this whole area of wisdom is i knew it was before I started writing the book and as I wrote the book and as the book has come out. But to be honest with you, I think I'm finding my mind more and more, you know, blown away. It's it's quite a hackneyed phrase we use, but I really do mean it. Just being amazed by just what a fascinating and rich concept this is.
2: I think that it's really opened up the way people think about things in general. I think that for myself, what I learned from season two, and I I took so much away from it, and also the book, which is fantastic. It's, It's just, People are really gaining a lot from as well, is that it triggers something which leads to something else. Yes. And it's really interesting how much wisdom applies to everyday life.
1: Yes, I think we come to wisdom because we've got an intractable problem that we don't, we're not sure quite how to deal with. And that's a great place to start because we live in a world that's increasingly cynical, complex, chaotic. It was like that before COVID. And it's even more so, I think, now. But I think it's not, wisdom is much more than just solving problems that we're, that we're stuck with. It's actually about how do I, as it were, appropriately handle and deal with the reality of life. Things coming at me from left field that I hadn't thought of. Things that unsettling me, uh, causing me much anxiety or heartache. Also, a world that's full of, quite frankly, full of evil, you know, full of things that can go terribly wrong. And you see the, the way that people can be so inhumane to each other. But, you know, and I want to put it out there, really. Wisdom actually ultimately holds the key to the whole universe. It's a big thing to say. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. The thing is, you said about the evil, and I agree with you, but also... I think two things, really. One, that we need to hold on to how much good there is. Yes. Because light conquers darkness. Yeah, that's right. And for me, I think that, and I was talking about the press a lot recently, and I am saying that, there needs to be wisdom within that area, you know, what people have seen the bulk of. That, is There's so one... much negativity
1: out there, particularly through the popular media that we see. So uh, should we
2: be more wise to be saying, well, well
1: let's f- put the focus, on, let's forget what sells, Yes. you know, and maybe good will sell. I mean, I think this is one of the, the tragedies really is that we have so much available to us in the form of technology, in the form of interconnectedness, in the way that we can use our devices, you know, our phones. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: I've got my phone here, yeah. timing. Right. So it's literally sticking, sort of, it looks like it's sort of sticking out my bum here. Yeah. And it's just, I've got, I've got a timer going on. I'm using a device. Absolutely. And I've got an iPad on my yes. lap right now. But you know,
1: the phrase that, that comes to me is that we're, as it were, educated beyond the level of our obedience. By which I mean that we have, the technology we have is amplifying who we already are. We can do amazing things with technology, but have we got the maturity? Have we got the depth of understanding to use the resources we have for good or to just carry on doing more and more the same things that we've done before because it technology amplifies who you already are.
2: Well absolutely and we did a whole podcast on on that didn't we. Um and if you haven't uh, listened to it yet that's in season 2 so go and have yeah. a listen. But you're saying about wisdom you know everyone needing wisdom you know the key to the universe. But I'll be honest with you and say that I think I am a little bit more wise than when we first started right. <laughs> you know season 2 uh, so yeah. thank you. But I also think things have become a little bit more complex as well in because I'm thinking more. Yes. I'm I'm seeing more, which yes. is great. Yes. Um so in many ways I feel a little bit more perhaps cluttered, not with everyday life, but with the whole thing that I'm searching and developing. But I feel more
1: at peace doing it. Yes. That's great to hear, Elliot, because I think One of the things about wisdom, and this is the whole issue around the key to the universe thing, is that, as I I was saying earlier, we live in a world that's very cynical, very confusing, very chaotic. And I think understanding wisdom and understanding the person behind wisdom makes you begin to realize that behind all the confusion and cynicism, there is the availability of knowing that there is order that behind all the mess, there is someone who has got it ordered and sorted out. And if anything, that leads to a sense of wonder, a sense of awe, a sense of reverence. Because, you know, we live in a world that that poo-poo's that, a world that's very cynical in the sense that how do you find a cynic? A cynic is always someone who's always looking behind the ulterior motive, what they're trying to get out of me, what they're trying to get from me. They might stab me in the back some way. No, they're saying that actually there is behind the universe there is with all the complexity with all the mess with all the nastiness out there there is taking an old hymn writer behind a frowning providence there is a smiling face there is someone who actually does love and care for you who is actually there for you
2: absolutely and and i think as we when we prayed before we started uh, this podcast yeah. and i'll just say what i something I, I mentioned which i truly believe is that no matter what walk of life you're on even if you're in um, there's there's a guy Michael Emmett uh, he's great and he says um, yes. uh, Jesus loves the gutter that's what right. he he yeah. again. Jesus loves the gutter he's a great guy lovely guy yeah. and it's so fabulous when when you hear it like that and what I was thinking is that everybody has a flame even if you don't know it's there there is, yes. a, there is a bit of light within you and all it takes is searching with that bit of wisdom yes. to put a bit of fuel on it yes. and you can get that one step closer to God. Yes,
1: exactly. Building on that, I think, Elliot, is is that it's easy to curse the darkness. It's easy to say how bad uh, times are, how terrible it is. But it actually takes more courage to light a candle. And that candle and that light can, as it were, extinguish the darkness. And, you know, Jesus says that He is the light of the world. But it's that little light that can make the world a difference, literally.
2: Yeah. That's it, yeah, and I always think that light, if you look at light and darkness, mm. you know, you could have a hundred bits of darkness, but yeah. one bit of light will extinguish that.
1: Will distinguish it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the word, yeah. yeah. But So let's... Um, uh, so I love our conversation. Straight away we're jumping into this conversation, which is fantastic. But, okay, so you wrote the book, Dancing with Wisdom. Yes. Okay, we talked about that a lot in season two. We went through the book and we, we talked about it and I found it really interesting. But one thing you made quite clear is is that you are on that journey with everybody else searching for wisdom. Absolutely. And as you just mentioned, wisdom is the key to the universe, as as you phrase it. So since the end of season two, to the start of season three, to where you are now, what have you been learning about wisdom?
1: I think, yeah, for me, the biggest thing I've been learning is the fact that wisdom calls me to live with reverence and awe and wonder. I think that's that's the big word, if you like, that has really gripped me, is wisdom is about living in wonder with a life that I've been given, as well as seeing the wonder of everything around me, which is so different to our Cynical world. I'm
2: going to jump in here. Yeah. All right, because one thing that I've come to realize recently, especially <laughs> like producing all the different audiobooks books we're, we're doing, yes. is that a lot of people use words yes. like wonder and and just and just words which could be taken in many different ways. Yes, and I think that people who would be listening to this podcast and perhaps want to be going on that journey yes. and not used to using words like that, in simplest. Terms, yes. what does that mean? To, just to, just to yeah. say, say, speaking to myself, I'm just tuning in here. Yes.
1: I'm thinking, Wonder, okay, so I know what you mean by that. But what does that actually mean in simplistic terms? In simplistic terms, the phrase, I, if you like, two words to describe Wonder would be bewildered curiosity. That you look at the world with this curiosity, with this inquisitiveness, with this childlike inquisitiveness, but you're also aware that there is so much that you don't know, so much that you don't understand. And like you said, you know, I wrote a book on wisdom, Dancing with Wisdom, but I wouldn't want you to think that somehow or other I'm the guru with all the answers. Very much, I'm on this journey, this quest with you, Elliot, with the readers, to begin to make sense of this amazing world, this amazing life that we've been given, and to say, actually, um, there is truth and substance and meaning that we're only just beginning To get to grips with. And it's more wonderful and more marvelous than anything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important in this day and age to really emphasize that because at this time in history as well, there are assumptions within the culture around us, particularly in the Western secular mindset, that I think really eats away at that and is doing damage, you know, very severe damage to that sense of wonder, to that sense of bewildered curiosity. I mean, it's things, for example, you know, if you think, if you, if you go back, we are the only age in history that, for example, says that there is no God. That says because there is no God, that means that there is no moral absolutes. Because there are no moral absolutes, your identity is whatever you want it to be. So however you feel about yourself. And again, we, we could go down lots of angles around you know, issues to do with gender, with work roles, with equality, all these kind of things. There is no right or wrong. It's whatever you decide, you choose. These kind of things. And then that goes on to the fact that, is that, is that there is no, in a sense, there is no sense of right or wrong. And ultimately, that when I die, I just stop existing. I think those are cancerous truths. Well, not sorry, cancerous beliefs. I shouldn't say truths, cancerous beliefs that, in a sense, are literally destroying people.
2: It's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about this recently about how we are a very. Young planet, yeah. we are as a human race. We are very young, and I actually used. I think the phrase I used was, "In a thousand years' time, are we going to look back at ourselves at this part of the history and look at it in a way that we look back to like the barbarians,
1: or even, or even look, think look back even to previous generations? You know, our grandparents and sort of. Well, sorts. I do that now. You know, I think how could they believe that? How could they do what they did then? Well, exactly. I mean, you take and they'll the, be saying the same about us.
2: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But I'd like to think there's a shift. So I think I touched in season two about, uh, so I've got, as you know, I've got uh, two young children. And I was saying the importance of their generation because there are topics which are at the moment. So if we talk about equal rights, let's talk about uh, female leadership, yes. let's talk about racism, yeah. let's talk about all things like that. Yeah. From the grandparent, just my grandparents, just that back. It would be completely com- it, it could be was, alien,
1: completely alien to them,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, all, that was just happening. Yes, you know, and even in say people in say their mid sixties onwards, that was happening in their childhood, and now then they start learning that it's wrong. Yes, you see, my generation. So I'm forty one. Yes. in my generation, I heard bits of it at yes. the, in my young age, but I knew it was wrong. Yeah. but my children's generation onwards. Yes, are moving forward hopefully without that in their life, so they only know it to be equal fair yes yeah, so and i know that depends on where you are and cetera, no no
1: i but I, I, I think it, yeah because my parents moving forward, yeah now I i'm think. just thinking in terms of my own background like my parents i came with my parents from india in 1968 and it was quite common if you know if you wanted to rent a place in london which is where they went mm. uh you know for the sign to say you know was it no blacks no irish and no dogs uh okay, kinda of, now obviously and, and, and we look at that, but but there are things happening today which we are doing the same thing. Yeah. The equivalent, which which in twenty, thirty years' time we would say, How on earth could they could they say or write things like that? Mm. Yeah.
2: So you're saying about um you touched on about when people are saying when you die, you die. That's it.
1: Yes. So let's let's move Unpacked, on to yeah. that afterlife. Yes. Well, I think obviously I'm coming from a biblical Christian worldview and that, that's what very much which I've, I've come to inclusion about, and our listeners can come from a whole variety of views. I think what we would agree on is that this life matters. The decisions that you make have, in a mysterious and wonderful way, a connection with whatever comes after we die. I think if we were to, to subscribe to the view that actually you just live and then that's it, full stop, the end, nothing else it makes a travesty of this whole life. But nobody see, in, in, with a secular mindset wants to really go down that road because it's, it's too unnerving. It's, it's too unsettling to say that my life has no meaning or purpose. Do you think that people deep down, even
2: if they don't believe there's something after death, they want to believe, but we're in such a world of we need proof. We need something fiz, because that's the thing. is like wisdom isn't physical no it's something you carry but do you think that there is a barrier of we need to get past the physical tangible something something sorry something we hold in our hands yeah
1: i mean so yeah this is where it gets tricky because it this isn't just about an intellectual argument you know like doing say a mass equation a plus b equals c kind of thing because this is actually very much more about body mind and spirit it encompasses mystery as well If you want to take the logical conclusion of there is no God, which, as as I I keep trying to emphasize, which is the default mindset of our secular world, it actually doesn't make sense. And the best way to not deal with the question is to avoid it. And I very much want to say that actually goes against everything we're created to be. And it causes a lot of the problems that we see in our world in terms of mental illness, in terms of discontentment, unhappiness and a sense of sort of meaninglessness that we see around us, as well as the sense that, going back to, to, to what we were talking at the beginning, that we have so much amazing advances with our technology. We don't know what to do it. We don't know how to handle it in a way that actually builds us up rather than that sort of tears us down and enables us to, and leads us to sort of fighting with each other or bringing the worst out of each other.
2: I think um, a good way forward is community. Mm-hmm. I, I think we could talk about the church for a moment. It's very easy to talk about scripture and I see you've got a Bible down there and, and it's great and we talk about scripture and we can talk about what that means and it's been pulled apart and and uh, proven and all the wonderful things but in the simplest forms, like the church brings community and yes. friendship and support and if you just think about that on a much greater scale mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've Probably wouldn't want to like go and hurt that person down the road. And so, what do people? And as I know, it's a massive question. You're saying wisdom is key to the universe. What do people ultimately do? If you just said right, what people need to do right now to bring a bit of bring that wisdom into their life and have more knowledge of what the greater picture is? Yes. What would you say the first step is? I know I'm going off topic here, but I would have
1: to ask wow. that question. So the first step in acquiring so. Th- in the Old Testament, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we think of the word fear, I'm not talking about fear in the sense of quaking in your boots, worried that somehow or other God is going to punish me because I'm getting it wrong. That's the wrong kind of fear. I mean fear in the sense of reverence and awe. Um, you know, if you, think, if you take the word awesome, okay, and it's a very overused word, but awe and some more, as it were, it's this sense. That Again, I I use that word bewildered curiosity, this sense that there is something that's much, much greater and deeper out there. There is someone who knows everything, sees everything, and in Christ loves me more than I could ever imagine. And as it were, bringing this universe together in wonderful and marvelous ways that I can't see. I can see the mess and the chaos out there, but there is someone who sees beyond that. And that is incredibly liberating because it means I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to control the universe. I don't have to put myself on the throne and feel that everything has to go the way that I want it to. I can just work and really let that's, go.
2: But the thing is, I can't help but think. You're saying that people see the chaos and, and things wrong. And I can't help but just think. You know, I've been thinking a lot about wisdom, you know, mm. since, since season two, that that's the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. So what's the problem that people see too much of the negativity. People see too much of that. It's actually very, very easy to see the good. Yeah. And when you see the good, you train yourself to see more of it and to feel more of it. Yeah,
1: I think because we're creatures of habit, aren't we? This is the thing, is that if I get into the habit of filling my mind, you know, with with the negativity, if I allow so much that's in the media, as it were, to come deep into my psyche, into my thinking, then that's the—that's you like—that's the lens within with, through which I will see the world. Mm. Whereas, um, again, there's a scripture in in the, in the book of Philippians that says, "Whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you." Mm. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you negate the stuff that's negative. No, no. If you remember earlier, on, we say that, that wisdom is also the courage and the skill to deal with the demands of reality, to actually confront reality, to confront the brutality of the world. But to do that from a place of knowing that I'm not doing this by myself, but I'm doing this in partnership with, with the living God who has revealed himself to me in the person of Christ. And mm-hmm. ultimately, Christ was the one who, who became weak, You know, the scriptures, he became weak for our sakes. It says in scriptures that he who was rich became poor for our sakes, that we through his poverty might become rich. And I mean rich in the sense of as human beings in terms of, there's a phrase, the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. So there's something about living with that reverence, that there is someone who is keeping score. I don't have to keep score. He's keeping score. He's aware of everything. He's aware of all this complexity and confusion. But in amazing ways, he's working it out beyond anything that I could ever imagine or think. In the same way that if we look at the crucifixion, if you were to look at, on Good Friday, if you were to look at Jesus hanging on the cross, you would say, well, this is obviously a complete waste of time, isn't it? This is a complete disaster. You know, everything he he stood for, completely thrown away. And yet we know that three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And there were certainly clues of what was going to happen, but nobody really understood it and I very much believe that with the darkness that we see around us, God is working something out way beyond anything beyond our comprehension. But it behoves us and the responsibility on us is to keep our eyes and our attention and our hearts focused on who He is because that's where the wonder begins, to, to, as it were, begins to, say, to to start to alight and become a flame in our own hearts. There's something that, that nothing else can extinguish, no matter what it happens we can know that he's still got it in, in in hand and in control.
2: You know, just getting together and putting two mics in front of us here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I we always sort of screw I've scribbled down some questions to sort of ask you. And it's so funny because we just go in one question and it just opens up so much. And that's what I was talking about earlier on, you know, where one thing opens up more, but you find that when you're discussing it, you find yourself at peace.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, which which is which is wonderful actually. Yes. Um and I strongly urge people who are listening to this to discuss, because it's, it's when you discuss, you honour, don't you? Yes. You honour yourself yeah. and honour others. Yeah,
1: we talk about things that, that really matter to us. And, and in many ways, it's, you know, this podcast is, is about talking about things that really matter with people who care about it as well. Because, and we want to invite you in, into this conversation with others, but also with God and with yourself as well. To think about what am I living for, what really does matter? Because we you know we're at a day and age, I think, in society in the world, you know, we've coming out of COVID and a lot of people are questioning, you know, was the way I was working, were my priorities, were they really the ones that were most important?
2: Well there's discussion. Yeah. There's discussion. <laughs> but people have to make a decision how that discussion is gonna go. Yes. Are you going to talk in darkness or are you going to talk, talk in, in light. light? Yes. Um in my opinion. And so uh let's just Talk a little bit more about what we've got going on in season three. So you've got some fabulous guests, haven't you?
1: Yeah, so we're hoping to introduce you to Mark Green. He's great. Uh, who's a fascinating guy, who was a previous ad executive in London and New York, and who has been um, vice principal at the London School of Theology and also with the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. He's been running that for a number of years. But we're going to talk about what does it mean to flourish in the workplace. Mm. And then we're also very privileged to have a conversations with John Wyatt, Professor John Wyatt. And John is writing a book on the subject of friendship, and we're going to look at the issue of friendship and wisdom mm. as well. So those two things, friendship and wisdom, and work and wisdom. And in the book, we talk about you know, those four aspects of wisdom, being, relating, doing, and leaving. So this is very much looking for wisdom in relating and wisdom in doing, what we're called to do.
2: And of course, I'll pop up a couple of times, uh, just to have a little catch up on how the podcast is, is going and, and what we're learning and discuss that further. So let's do a little summary of what we've done in this first podcast of season three. What have we,
1: what have we come across today? Yes. Yeah, so in a sense, what we've talked about today really is what more is there from wisdom in terms of what's the bigger picture of wisdom? And I think the biggest thing is there is a, a quote in the Old Testament is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And fear we mean in terms of reverence, awe, and wonder. And wonder, that childlike curiosity, that childlike hunger about the world and the universe. And you know, many people as they get older, they lose that. They become cynical. They become angry. They become victims. They're quick to blame and criticize others. And they lose that childlike curiosity. Well, what I want to invite our listeners on this quest with us is to regain that childlike curiosity, that bewildered curiosity about this amazing world that we've been, that we've been put in, these amazing opportunities that we've been given and this life that we've been given, that we may truly live it with a sense of, of gratitude, but a sense of wonder about what is around the corner and what is God going to do that's going to blow our minds, literally.
2: And also to know that other people want to discuss as well. Yes. And they may not be... Say, use the word brave enough, maybe it's the wrong word, to spark. But well, they can't that. articulate
1: it. Sometimes it's hard mm. to articulate it. And you have this sense that something's not quite right, but you can't find the right words. And when you try and find other people talking about it, you find that actually there's a lot more negativity out there and people are sort of ignoring those questions.
2: But you know, all it takes is a little spark just for you to say, Do you know what I was thinking? Yes. And exactly. phrase it however you want to phrase it.
1: A small spark that can create a huge fire. And we want to, you know, what's it? Uh, the glory of God is a man fully alive. Ignatius said and that's what we want to make is is men and women who are fully alive I have a friend Carrie Oberrunner who's, who's got a company called Igniting Souls which is very much about that making us fully alive and that's, and that's what wisdom should be about being fully alive human beings
2: well I think that's uh, a great place uh, to finish right there so we'll see you at the next one thank you so much Elliot thank, thank you, you Sunil thank you
0: you've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast presented by Sunil Rahija and Elliot Frisby For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it, give it a thumbs up on YouTube, and help it to grow by giving it a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define, or develop you. Which one will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours.